0: When we look at Scripture, Scripture is the focal, I mean, when we look at Scripture, the Great Commission is a focal point of all Scripture. The Old Testament, I wish I had a a whiteboard here to, to share this with you. The Old Testament looked toward Christ, and they looked toward the birth of Christ and the death of Christ. That's what the Old Testament does. It looks toward Christ you know what we do now? We look back to the cross. We look back to the redemption of mankind that was made possible on the cross. So when you and I are sharing with others, we are looking back into history to let people know what happened at the cross. When Jesus, when God looks down on all creation, I believe He looks at the center of all creation. He sees the cross. I can't prove that, but I believe that because the cross is where Christ died for all mankind. After the cross, the Bible said that Jesus died on the cross, that He was buried, and that He was resurrected. And for 40 days he remained on the earth, and he revealed himself. He tells his disciples before his death, I want you to meet me in Galilee. So where was he, where was he crucified? In Jerusalem. They didn't have cars back then, did they? So he tells them to meet me in Galilee. So that's a probably about a week's walk. I don't know if you've had it ever had the privilege to go to Israel, if you ever get the opportunity, jump on it. And I know that Dennison Ministries takes trips to Israel. If you ever get the opportunity, take it because it, it, it opens your eyes to Scripture. But the disciples walk back to Galilee. And at Galilee, Jesus meets them on a mountain, on a hill. Now, as I read this and and pondered this, some scholars say that when Jesus met them some 25 days later in Galilee, there may have been as many as 500 people who heard Jesus deliver the message when Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. And from these 500 people, but we know specifically from the 11 that the word of god was spread throughout the world the old testament pointed to the cross we point back to the cross the great commission is god's design for evangelizing the world and god thought about you and me in fulfilling that mission the great commission is a strategy that god has to reach cross culturally My wife and I have had the privilege of serving cross-culturally. We served in Costa Rica, and we served in Mexico City. It was difficult, to be honest with you. I did not grasp the language very well. I still don't speak Spanish very well. But we had to cross over culturally to learn the culture to deliver the message of Jesus Christ. Listen to what Scripture says. 1 Chronicles 16, 23 says this Sing to the Lord all the earth, proclaim his salvation day after day, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. Even in the Old Testament, we're seeing that God was saying to the people of Israel, Proclaim my salvation day after day. Let the nations know who I am. So, I believe that in those 40 days that Christ appeared, that when he gave this great commission to his disciples, he gave this great commission to you and me. And so, when we look at Scripture, this Scripture was written for us today. The cross provided redemption. The great commission provides the communication. The cross provides redemption the great commission provides a communication so if we are to be ambassadors of christ then we are to be the ones communicating the redemption of the cross so god wants to use you and me but what we see when we look at scripture at the garden of eden what happened when man sinned what did he do he hid from god didn't he he hid from God. He realized that he was naked and he hid from God because he was shameful. We as a world, we, we hide from God. We, we, we feel the shame. We know we have sinned. And so we have hidden from God. Praise God for us in this room. Hopefully you have found him and you know him personally. But this world is hiding itself from God. Or this world is trying to create its own religion to get to God. And what God is saying is he wants to use you and me to bring those who are hiding out of hiding. To bring those who are creating their own religion to find faith in Jesus Christ. Listen to what scripture says. God does not want anyone to perish. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. He is patient with us. Great is his faithfulness. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. His desire is for all of us to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. 1 Peter 2.4 says, Who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. So here's the plan of God. God's plan is this. He wants all men to know him. He wants you and me to be the ones to take the message to those who do not know him. Simple. That's simple. But there's some things that have happened. God had no other plan. And when we... When we miss the plan, we're missing out on what God's best is for us. When we miss the plan, we're missing out on one of the greatest adventures that God has for us. If we are not faithful in sharing with the lost, we, need, we really need to reexamine our relationship with the Lord. If we're not faithful in sharing with the lost, we must re-examine our relationship with the Lord. What we do is this. God's given us this mission, and God wants us on this mission with him, but often we deny the mission. Tragically, we pass over the mission. We passively deny the spirit's promptings in our life. God will prompt us, and then we say, "I don't know, God. I don't know if I can really speak to that person. I really don't know if I have time for that person." We 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 deny the spirit's promptings in our life, and we find excuses for our own abilities, inabilities, or giftings. We find ways to bail out of our responsibility. Let me just tell you, I know personally. I don't think I shared this story with you guys before, but I will share it this morning. My dad, was a, he was a hard worker, and my dad believed that his boys needed to start working at an early age and start working hard. So my dad got me a construction job when I was 14. I started working construction when I was 14. We were uh, demolishing homes and neighborhoods, so uh, my boss would pick me up and we would Uh, go to work, we had dozers, we had all kinds of stuff, and I was just, go for it, go get that, go get do this, you know, just whatever they needed a 14-year-old boy to do. Probably couldn't do it today, but I was 14. This one day during lunch, I had my Scooby-Doo lunch pail. Okay, I'm 14. I'm sitting by myself because all the other guys are men, and they're doing what men do on a construction site. And I'm sitting by myself under a tree, and God prompts me, I am 14. These are grown men. I'm 14. God says, wait, I want you to go share the message of your faith, the message of Christ with Mr. Sisko. Now, Mr. Sisko was the dozer operator, okay? Hard, hard dude, hardcore dude, sitting on top of that dozer. That's where he ate his lunch every day, on top of the dozer. I'd eat my lunch by the by the tree he'd be upon the dozer and everybody else would be around on that construction site man i just felt so out of place but it was a great lesson for me to start working at 14. the lord prompted me wait i want you to go share your faith with mr cisco i said god i'm 14 years old i he won't he won't believe me either if i go and share him he's going to think i'm just a kid he's not going to believe what i say and probably he's going to make fun of me because I've been on construction sites where later in life where guys made fun of me for living for Christ. And so the Lord promised me, wait, I want you to tell Mr. Sisko about me. I said, Lord, I, I really I can't. I'm too young. Lord, I can't. He won't, he won't understand what I'm saying. Lord, I can't. I don't have the words to speak. And finally I just said, Lord, I won't. Lord, I won't. I'm 14. I hear the promptings of the Spirit in my life. God lives within me. When you and I live with God, the Spirit of God lives in us, okay? Go home, go to bed, wake up the next morning, my dad gets a phone call. He says, Wade, they don't want you at work today. Mr. Sisko died of a heart attack last night. I am 14 years old. And that is sketched into my mind like it was yesterday. Sometimes we can deny the mission of God. And we can push him aside. And when we do that, there may be somebody that God has designed for you to tell. That only you, only you are the one God wants to have speak to them. We find excuses in our inabilities. We find excuses for time. We say we're not good enough or we can't speak well enough or we don't have what it takes to be the witness. Let me remind us this morning, we will stand before God and not be able to give an excuse for what we did with the message of God. Don't deny the mission. Sometimes we just become so preoccupied with our own indulgence. I I looked up the word indulgence to see what it really meant, and this is what the dictionary said. Indulgence is the behavior or attitude of people who allow themselves to do what they want. That's all indulgence is. I thought it was like, well, I'll give myself a lot of stuff, you know. But it's basically, the term means to do whatever you want to do. So often we say to God, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Our indulgence numbs us to the mission of the Holy Spirit. We often feel that if we ignore the promptings of the Spirit, the less the Lord will speak to us and hold us responsible. Did you hear that? I'm just telling you what I think, okay? That's all that's coming out here. Our indulgence numbs us to the mission of the Holy Spirit. We often feel that if we ignore the promptings of the Spirit, the less the Lord will speak to us and hold us responsible. I remember I was in college And I had to go in the convenience store. I got to get some gas. I got to get something to drink. And as you remember, a long time ago, they would have these uh, magazines just up on the shelf. And this guy was looking at a magazine, a girly magazine up on the shelf. He had it open. I mean, he was looking at it, and God goes, you need to speak to him. I said, God, I can't speak to him. And the Lord prompted me again, Wade, you need to speak to that man looking at that book that's very inappropriate in the store. And I I think I walked out of the convenience store and God's Spirit spoke to me again about, I can't remember if it was about Mr. Sisko or whoever it was, and so I said, okay, Lord, I went back in. The man listened to the message of Christ. He put the book away and he listened to the message of Christ. That was so long ago, I can't remember if he, if he prayed to receive Christ or if he didn't, all I know is this, that I was grateful that in that moment I was obedient because he heard the message. Sometimes we indulge ourselves so that we do not hear the Spirit's promptings. Our indulgence often does this. It occupies valuable time that could be used to obey the mission. The Bible teaches us to number our days. We have been given a certain amount of time on this earth. How will we use it? How will we use the time that God has given? Let's say Brian and I, we pray, Lord, let us us see into the abyss. Let us see into hell. If If God were to open up the gates of hell, if God were to open up and unlock the door to hell, and Brian and I were to look in for three seconds, if you and I were allowed to look into hell for three seconds, we would not be the same people we are today we would hear the, scri- the cries, we would hear the screams, we would see the torture, we would see the pain, and our lives would be so dramatically changed that we could not be the same that we were. The mission of God. Are we fulfilling it or are we denying it? Our indulgence occupies our time. We occupy our lives with things that bring us temporal satisfaction. We have this temporal satisfaction. I do. Just ask my wife. We use indulgence to cover up what we think are our inadequacies. I can't reach them because I am not gifted, or I'm not the preacher. I want to say this: reaching the lost and making disciples is challenging. It's one of the most challenging things you can do. Reaching the lost will certainly stretch our faith. It stretches our faith. But Jesus said this. He said, meet me in Galilee, and I'm going to share with you what I want you to do, what I want you to share with all the world. And then he says, then all authority is, well, let's go back. We'll we'll touch on this later. I'm going to stay on this the next few times I'm here. Because this has been resonating in my mind and my heart. When they see Jesus, what did they do? They worshiped him. They fell down before him. Said some worship him and some did what? Some doubted. And then Jesus said, all authority has been given to me on heaven and earth, in heaven and earth. Jesus has established his absolute and universal authority. He has the authority to delegate and say, this is my plan. He has the authority to delegate to you and me to say, go and do it. He has the authority to de- declare this is his mission. And he has the authority to expect his followers to fulfill that mission. He has the authority for his, to expect his followers to fulfill that mission. The Holy Spirit enables and empowers us. To fulfill God's mission. We can't do it on our own. I'll be the first to tell you, we don't want to do it on our own. But the Holy Spirit enables us and empowers us. So here's Jesus, and he says to disciples, I'm giving you the authority to go. I'm giving you the power to go. I'm giving you the courage to go. I'm I'm giving you a challenge to go. And God is saying to you and me today, I'm giving you the authority to go. I'm giving you a challenge to go. I, I want to impassion you to go to the ends of the earth. His leading, his guiding, his directing, his empowering us for the mission leaves us without an excuse. Our response, will it be worship or doubt? Will it be worship or doubt? Isaiah, can you remember what Isaiah said when he saw the Lord? He said, here am I, send me. That's what Isaiah said, here am I, send me. The shepherds, when they saw the angels and when they made it to Christ after he was, his birth was announced, It says the shepherds bowed down at the manger and they worshiped him. What about Thomas? What did Thomas do? Thomas doubted, didn't he? He said, I want to see his hands. I want to see his side. I want to see his feet. Hey, we're like Thomas. I'll just be honest with you. We're like Thomas. We often doubt. May we encounter Christ today and may we be the ones who worship him and surrender our lives to the proclamation of the good news. This is good news. This is good news for the world. That's what gospel, the gospel means, is good news. And you and I have it. The cross is the redemption of mankind. The good news is the proclamation of the redemption of Christ. And you and I have it to share. The, the mission of Christ is for the whole church. All the church includes you and me. We're the church. I'll be honest. To share your faith and to disciple someone is challenging, it takes time takes commitment. But that's the one thing we know that's the will of God. is for us to share our faith with the world who doesn't know him. You say, well, wait, I, I can't go anymore across the ocean. I can't go anywhere that's too far out because of my health. Well, you can help somebody get there. But we're all responsible that those around us know the message of Christ. My wife and I are feeling more and more the responsibility that our grandkids know Christ. You know, we only have one life to live. Only one. How are we living? This uh, week, I've been meditating on the verse, not because I'm trying to be a better witness, but because I'm trying to lose weight, okay? (laughs) I'm meditating on the verse, this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Paul said, I'm forgetting what is behind, okay? I ate that way yesterday. I'm not going to eat that way today. So I'm forgetting what is behind, and I'm straining toward what is ahead. We can apply that today. Hey. The past is the past. Forget what's behind and strain toward what is ahead. We're in the right place of life where God wants to use you in the most impactful way he can. So say, God, use me. And may our prayer be that we will wear out, not rust out that we will wear out and not rest out. Father, help us to fulfill the mission of letting the world know about your death, your burial, and resurrection. And may we be ones who worship you and not doubt you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have an awesome week.